What's going on? How you doing, man? Matt, happy Friday, man. All is good. You know, just living the dream down here in Florida. Weather's kind of crazy, hot, rainy, monsoons, all the crazy weather. But all's good, man. How about you? That's wild. We had a one week off in between our pod recordings. We wrapped the division by division breakdown. Then we went to work on our tiers. You had some personal stuff that we had to take care of. Now that's all taken care of. We're back recording, bringing you brand new updated tiers, uh, trading tiers, that is, for August 2022. Get you ready for to manage your dynasty teams heading into the season. How you feeling about them? I love our new tier updates. I, I think we did a really good job. I think we really broke down exactly who's rising and exactly who's falling and it should be very beneficial to anybody that uses our website yeah people gotta head over to dynastydrama.com to check these out but we'll be talking through later in the show some of the the rises and the fallers for the the next for the current update rather and what to look for next but before we get into that we went in our league turtle from a, a trade dry spell to just what i'd call a flurry of activity recently anyway I think it all started about a week ago. You decided to to make a big trade here. We had a new guy enter the league. I think this is all new, actually. We should probably take a step back. We had a new guy enter the league, unless we highlighted that on our last show as well, where, you know, first few days he was feeling the league out, and then, boom, he started making deals. The first one was with you. Now, yep. this is a bit of a doozy. Austin Eckler headed your way along with a, a, a late 2024 pick for Rashad Bateman, Kenneth Walker, and uh, 2024 second. So, all told, excluding the pick that you got, you got Eckler for Bateman, Walker, and a second. How are you feeling about that? I mean, you know how I felt about it. I took it, and then I immediately traded Eckler afterwards. But I, my, my thought process was, Eckler is a top dynasty running back for at least this year, maybe next year. I do not think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be even relevant this year. So I had zero faith in Kenneth Walker. So I figured why not just make the trade? I got Eckler on my team. My projection shot up, but then we all know what happened next. I got trade happy and traded him. <laughs> yeah, certainly. But for this trade, breaking it down, basically Eckler was purchased for, I would say, two plus firsts. I would rank Bateman as a solid, worthy of a 2023 first. I'd rank Kenneth Walker as the same. And then you threw in the second to get the deal done. To me, it's it, it's good for both sides. It's a fair price to pay for Eckler, who's a win-now piece. And if you're trying to go into rebu- rebuild mode or just stockpiling assets, it's a, it's a good price to sell Eckler for. So I think it was pretty fair for both sides. Unfortunately, you know, we just heard Kenneth Walker's got the whole groin thing, so a little ding to his value. But if you're playing a long game, uh, you got to ride out the short-term injuries. Absolutely. And I I honestly was trying to get another running back off of his team instead of Eckler. It was going to be Swift. But then all of a sudden, he just turtled up, and he would not move Swift. And I think that's how he's still feeling to this day. He pulled the turtle against turtle. Yeah, he did. He just went right back into his shell. Okay. So like you said, you alluded to this before. You quickly turned around and you sold Eckler. That that trade was done. Let's see here. I'm looking at the dates. Later that same day, later that same day, Turtle, you moved Eckler for Leonard Fournette, Marquise Brown. And that's about it. You uh you sent 
Devin Duvernay as well, but I'm kind of discounting him. So you basically you you moved your Eckler share. And you got are we calling him Fat Lenny now? And then Marquise Brown. So break that one down for us. I just did that one as a depth move. I basically said, all right, Eckler and Lenny are about the same age. They're both on pretty high potent offenses. So if I can get another piece, which was that wide receiver in Marquise Hollywood Brown, there's no reason not to do it. I think that I think that Eckler will outscore Lenny this year, but I don't think that it's going to be too far off. And I was a little bit weak at um, wide receiver at that point. So I just said, all right, I'll just do this. I'll get the pretty close to the same tiered running back, a little bit different. But in all honesty, they're they're both very good running backs. So I'd be happy with either of them. And then I just said, all right, let me just add Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's going to be a really good player this year. He's going back with his college quarterback. So let's just see where that plays out. Solid. That was really my thought process, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you got you got a similar running back, you think. I think Lenny's going to be good. We'll see what Brady does. But I, I do like Marquise Brown's prospects for 2023 and beyond, especially with DeAndre Hopkins aging. Personally, I might have kept Eckler, but I don't think it was egregious one way or the other. It's that That's really down to a preference trade. It was fair for both sides. Yeah, you know, it was it was usually like I usually like getting the one better player, but I really couldn't say like that Lenny is going to have that much worse of a season than Eckler this year, especially with all the talk of them, you know, trying to put him kind of on a pitch count, even though he's saying he won't be on a pitch count. I I think that there's a real likelihood that they're going to try to limit his touches this year. And I don't feel the same about Lenny, especially on the goal line. Maybe Rashad White takes some of the receiving work, but I don't know. I don't know. I think he's got a pretty firm grip on that job. And I don't think it's really changing. I, I think Rashad White's stock has taken a significant ding as um, camp started. But this isn't a Rashad White exploration. Let's move on to the next trade. BD got in with the uh, the new guy who had traded you, Eckler. Uh, looked like he was shedding older assets, obviously Eckler getting up there in age. Uh, next trade he made was to trade Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett to BD. So Brian received Evans and Lockett, and he moved... Brandon Cooks, Zamir White, and a 2023 first. I'll I'll start this one. I'll say this one surprised me. Why did it surprise me? It felt like, to me, a pretty steep overpay for Mike Evans. Wow. To me, you could argue that Mike Evans as a 29-year-old wide receiver is is worth a 2023 first, and I'd buy that, okay, especially if you're in a win now. So beyond that, I mean, Godwin's going to come back. And even even play it out if he's they take it slow and he's done and he's takes it easy for the first four to six weeks. Okay, assuming that, assuming Julio there, Russell Gage. I mean, there's more miles to feed in this offense. And and I don't. I think when Godwin's back, he's gonna be back. Right? If they're gonna put him on the field, allow him to take hits, allow him to block, allow him to cut, he's gonna be there for a full workload. I don't think they'll put him out until he's ready to assume that. What's the point of putting? a guy with a potential re-injury on a pitch count. It's like, no, you're either ready to go or you're not. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I can understand the first. He always gets 1,000 yards. Um, With Brady, he always gets double-digit TDs. But with the age, I'm like, 2023 first makes sense. So that means I traded Brandon Cooks and Zamir White for Tyler Lockett. That's where it got me. Because I like Brandon Cooks 
for this year at least, I think we're going to see an overhaul in Houston next year, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, um, at QB, or at actual threat positions. I think we're going to see changes. But but I, I thought Cooks and, and White held more value than, than Tyler Lockett. You said, wow, Turtle. How are you breaking this one down? I mean, I don't ne- not necessarily think that he was worth the first round. Like, if it was just Mike Evans for the 2023 first, that's a, I think that's a no-brainer for a win-now team, even at 29 years old. But I do tend to agree with you. Because Brandon Cooks is such a consistent player, you know he's going over 1,000 yards if he's staying healthy. You know that he's going to be the one main focal point of that offense this year. Uh, since Davis Mills already has an established relationship with him. So I don't think that you tiered up as much as you think, I guess is the only way that I could describe it. Cooks could honestly be a top 15, top 18 wide receiver, just like he is year in and year out. Mike Evans still has that high upside where he can finish as a top five wide receiver. But like you just said, you just mentioned the points that if Godwin's back, that's going to take a nice little hit on Evans. And then now, all this situation with Brady being on a potentially permanent vacation has to scare the absolute crap out of BD right now. So yeah, I think, that I think that he paid a lot. filming The Masked Singer. Who the hell knows? Yeah, you saw that? That was crazy, man. That was a crazy conspiracy theory, but it all made sense. It all made sense. It all made sense. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so moving on. I think we got a split decision on that one. Uh, I know... At the time, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Maybe Godwin, the, the narrative on him was a little bit different. I know you were pretty vocal that Mike Evans is, is worth is worth his weight. So I don't want to – Gage was hurt at the time. Julio was there and healthy, but I know maybe the reports on Godwin have been more positive since that trade went down. That was you know over a week ago, so we'll, we'll, we'll cut some slack. I got, I got involved in the trading next with the new guy. It was a player for pick trade. I moved George Pickens in the hype, sold in the hype for a 2023 first round pick. Turtle, how do you break this one down? Profited, profited, profited. That's the only way I could describe it. Everybody, uh, if you're on Twitter, if you watch ESPN, if you're watching any of these beat writers, Pickens was absolutely hyped through the roof. Mm -hmm. So we knew... I know from experience that Matt is going to sell that asset off to make a profit. And that's exactly what he did. I think that he got Pickens, not even in the middle of the second round. I think he got him in the late second round because he took of the tw- Do- Yeah, yeah you took Dotson. You took Dotson before you took Pickens. So, I did. I did. so Pickens wasn't probably until what, 211? I, I forget, but something I mean, like that. A, a lot of a lot of people pass on Pickens. Let's say that, and I got him. Yep. Luckily, at a value, I was able to turn a profit on that. So I mean, you turn anytime profit. you turn a 2022 second into a twenty twenty three first, really don't care the name attached to it. You made a profit. Now, did I sell too soon? Later that later that week, uh, he made you know the the TD catch on the preseason game from Mason Rudolph. So could I have you know held on? a few more days and extracted more value. He was going to get sold one way or the other. Um, I certainly would have been able to get two first, but could I have gotten another second in the future? Maybe, but you know what? Just as easily he could have went out on that game and not, not performed. And then his value wouldn't have been worth um, a 2023 first. So the way I look at it, turtle, I'll give you uh, a few minute 
look into how my mind works. The basic principle is you can't go broke making a profit. So I don't really care what happens in the future, like with George Pickens. My mindset is I bought him for X, I sold him for Y. If I make a profit and I am responsible with the profit that I made, I can continue to grow that regardless of what the asset that I sold continues to do. It's now the onus is back on me to be a good, to, to exercise, you know, restraint or wisdom and continue to grow that profit into something more. So with that said, Looking at the asset of George Pickens, right, or any asset, and this could be a stock, this could be a home, this could be whatever, the distribution of outcomes for an asset can easily be explained in basically three buckets. One, the asset is going to be worth less tomorrow than it is today. The asset is going to be worth the same tomorrow as it is today. And by tomorrow, I mean X date in the future, whatever date you want to say. Or the third bucket is the the asset in the future could be worth more than the asset is today. So George Pickens has, if we launch forward a year, there's three buckets in which he could land. He could be worth less than a 2023 first, more than a 2023 first, or still worth a 2023 first. Now, the percentage that you assign to each bucket to create a distribution is up to each person, right? The hype will tell you there's a high likelihood he may be worth more. But if you assigned an even distribution, you said, well, he hasn't played an NFL snap. The, you know, look at it through what actually happened that game. He caught the TD pass with Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool on the bench. He caught the TD pass against a fourth string rookie from the Seattle Seahawks, probably the worst team in the NFL. He caught the TD pass from Mason Rudolph, who's now the third string quarterback on the team, and he won't be catching passes from. So if you were to play it conservatively and say there's an equal distribution of 33% in each of those buckets going up, down, or staying flat, and you play that out like you need to bake in that when those guys come back, the Deontay Johnson, the Pat Frymuth, the Najee Harris, the Chase Claypool, where does he actually stack up realistically in the past distribution pecking order? And also the biggest factor is Mitch Trubisky and then Kenny Pickett are probably going to be throwing the balls this year, not Mason Rudolph. And how often do you get to face a fourth-round rookie who might get cut from the worst team? So adding it all together, I looked at it and I said, well, if he's worth less than I win this trade. If he's worth the same, I win this trade because I got the value today and not in the future. And if he's worth more, then I have a full year from now until when he's worth more to grow what I got from profit to at least equal that value. So I know that's more than a few minutes and it's a little complex way to look at trades, but if you take away the names of players and you look at them as asset classes and you assign risk distributions, you can make trades with bias and affinity for a name recognition player aside, and you can make an actual, hopefully good decision for your team. I mean, so that's now, a that great I, now, that, now that I geeked out turtle, what do you think? I mean, that's a great breakdown. It's um, very well said. 
And that's not to say I won the trade. I don't want that's not a victory lap on on Belly. No, no, no. I know. Not not at all. Not at all. I think he got he had a guy. He's putting a bet that that he's buying Tesla stock at ten bucks, and he expects it to go to a thousand. And honestly, with all my trade partners, I wish him the best. But I took ten cents, and I already made it into fifty bucks. So yeah, and he loved the trade. That's the best part about it. Both of you guys were very happy with it. Matt, you're I'm uh, also the Deontay Johnson owner, so it doesn't really hurt because I am firm, firm believer that he's the one. He just got paid. So Pickens maybe can take that role in what? Two years or more after Deontay Johnson's two year extensions up and he leaves. But they're gonna throw the ball a hundred plus times, probably a hundred twenty plus times to the guy making eighteen million bucks. Yep. Follow the money. Not always, but in this case I agree with you. Because He's yeah. a he's cemented he's cemented in. He's a great not player. always not always, but but Deontay's proven that he's, yeah, he's dirty at, at the game. Great, great player, great player. So you were making one final point, and then we'll move oh, on. Oh, I was just started. saying, yeah, I was just saying it was a great breakdown. It, it just really shows you how much um, psychology goes into fantasy football. It's not all it's not all luck. You have to be risk averse, and you got to know when to turn a profit. And the other best part about it is the two-for-one deals, not that that was a two-for-one deal, but I I really believe that if you're getting the better player in a two-for-one deal, you're winning that trade because you're really consolidating those points in that one position. I like that idea. Yeah. But overall, very good, very good um, breakdown of of that. So now you know how my mind works, Turtle. We're going to go full circle on this Eckler trade. There's another piece from it. You still have Lenny. But you again, you traded Eckler for Lenny and Marquise Brown. The next trade on our board to break down is the trade of Marquise Brown. You shipped him off to Noah. Uh, you got back Van Jefferson in a 2023 first. So you just took you took Marquise Brown, you flipped him for a first. This was a short while after I just flipped Pickens. Were you you feeling a little inspired to to stock up some draft picks? What was the mentality there? Yeah, I was just looking at my team and I said, hey, I got Garrett Wilson just sitting on my bench there marinating. I could I could afford to lose a wide receiver for a 2023 first and then hopefully use that 2023 first down the line to get another elite asset. That was really my thought process. Like I, I really have a hard time hoarding the 2020 the, the first round picks. But in my mind this year, there's no way that I'm not going into the draft without at least one of them. I can't. Yeah. I would hate myself. Okay. All right. So definitely um, a strategy shift uh, from going from maybe pick averse to maybe closer to pick agnostic. You 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 like you'll have a pick, right? I'll or, take or a pick maybe even in favor of picks. I like the picks. I like that you can turn those picks into players if you need to. And I like the concept of tearing down to get picks. Yeah, I also like the concept of tearing up to tra- to you know get a, a a round less pick, like a worse pick. I guess a here's a here's a different way to say it, right? And maybe I should have said this during the Pickens breakdown. Is if you wanted a thirty second explanation, the Pickens buckets, right? Drop value, stay the same value, or rise value. There's different percentages for each of those buckets. If you hold a twenty twenty three first here in twenty twenty two. That first round pick can't get injured. It can't go down in value. Each day that passes from now until the draft, that pick should theoretically rise in value. So I moved 
an asset that has a possibly 66% chance of staying the same in value or decreasing in value and changed it into an asset that has a 100% chance to rise in value from now until next year, right? That, that's, the, that's the way to look at it. Unless, of course, this 2023 class comes out and is wrecked by injury and, and is overhyped, and we look at something similar to the 2022 class where people were kind of moving their 2022 picks for known commodities. But, you know, if the analysts are right and the class is great, that's the, that's the other way to look at it when we talk picks versus players. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Now, this trade shook the league. It shook me, Turtle. I was disgusted. Not with you. But this really might have decided the league in August. Game changer. Yeah. You, you traded away the Panthers' backfield, the entire Panthers' backfield. That's CMC, Deontay Foreman, and Chuba Hubbard, and two fifth-round picks. And you got the Rams' backfield, essentially. You didn't get Kyron Williams, but you got Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. And you got a first and a third, both 2023. So now back to back, you went from zero 2023 firsts to a 2023 first plus Henderson plus Acres, but less McCaffrey. Hindsight's 2020. What are the feelings now about a week removed from that trade? Are you still thumbs up on it? Feeling good? I am. I, I love that trade for myself. I, I really do. I think that Akers is being completely undervalued. He's being hated on because of his his last couple, his few games where he came back last year injured and his yards per carry were very, very crappy. I think that no one's giving him a fair shake. I think that he's on one of the best offenses in the NFL. And I think that he can really be a top eight, top seven dynasty running back for the next couple of years. I think that once he gets past that that the Achilles injury, which it seems like he has, I think that he's going to be a great player. Obviously, he's not a Christian McCaffrey type player because there's very very few, maybe only one Christian McCaffrey's in the world. But look what happened to Christian McCaffrey the past almost three years. At this point, the guy has barely played football. So, at what point do you you know have to trade these older running backs? Like, what point do you have to trade them? And I, I just figured might as well just do it now while these 2023 picks are still flying around. Nobody's really, you know, trying to hoard them too much besides for a few guys in our league. This was the only time that I think I would be able to uh, obtain them. So I just did it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the difference is if CMC goes out and gets hurt, that's the last straw. His value will plummet in the fantasy community. So theoretically, I mean, you may have sold at the peak, right? I, I don't know that there's another tier that CMC can possibly achieve in terms of value just because of the age and the history. But if he competes for a full season and is healthy for a full season, I mean, he's likely the RB1. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Nobody does what he does. But you never know, man. I mean, they might be afraid to unleash him fully also, as much as they keep saying it. I know Matt, I know that rule keeps saying that they're just going to unleash him. But why would they bring on Foreman if they already had Chuba Hubbard? I mean, I think that some of this goal line work might get gobbled up by either Donta Foreman or Chuba Hubbard. It's um, possible. Not a lot, not a lot, it's but possible. some. They might want to keep him healthy. It's possible. I'm not an Akers fan. I will say... If Akers didn't play a snap last season, I think we've said this before on the pod, if Akers didn't play a snap last season and was coming back, 
this year and put zero film on the board for 2021, his value would be much higher and his opinion in the market would be much higher, especially with the hype Robinson has just from his recovery if they gave Akers the full year. It's because he put that film on tape or, or or put those the those carries on tape that we feel that way. So I am leaving the door open that I'm wrong on Cam Akers of and being wrong is not being a fan of him currently. So this one will have to play out, Turtle. But I didn't like it at the time because he's uh, he being BD is also the Jonathan Taylor owner, and he just acquired Evans. And I just thought, man, he's got an unbeatable team. So health permitting. He does have an unbeatable team, but we'll we'll see if that health holds up because he traded he's, his depth. He's very hot. He's very very top heavy, man. It's it's like the worst place to be in fantasy football. Like I think his best player on the bench right now is probably Rashad Penny. Like, and Rashad Penny's one of the most injury prone, well, if you want to call it injury prone, players in the NFL. And then he's got Tyler Lockett as another you know depth piece. But we know that Seattle's going to be an absolute monstrosity of a team. So. The chips can fall anyway. I was actually just talking to Liam about it today. He said, usually the team that's the best on paper rarely wins. So you're saying so, there's hope. There's hope, man. You never know. And he, he might he might just, you never know with BD. He might lose a game or two and then start selling off pieces to try to, you know, gain some of that draft capital back. He's done that a few times since we've uh, been playing with him. So anything's possible. Yeah, we'll see when the when the games kick off and the injuries flow in, we're all going to be really altered by that. And Matt, triggered. somebody, somebody, one of these teams, maybe two of these teams in our league are going to get absolutely decimated and decimated extremely quickly. I hate that that's the reality of it, but it happens every year, man. Look what but happened to your team last year. I was just going to say, you have to think. I am immune to that. Just <laughs> everything I touched last year, I mean everything. If I everything. Talked, if I reached out to someone and said, "Hey, can I trade for that guy on your team?" and you said no, you regretted it because he got hurt shortly after that. Just because I thought of getting that guy on my team, <laughs> it was bad. He's not it lying. Was, Viewers, was, audience, oh. listeners, he's not lying. It's it's literally true. It happened like probably like ten times. Like a it was full Reaper times. mode. Full Reaper. Yeah. You don't know how bad I was trying to get Raheem Mostert before last season off of Sadzi, and he he just got hurt week one, and I was just like, oh my god, even people I think about get hurt. All right, here we go. Moving on. This one, Turtle, you love it. You love it. You love it. It was a trade between me and Joey Bands. I moved Kendrick Bourne in a fifth-round pick, and I received Kyle Phillips in a fourth-round pick. I got an upgrade in Kyle Phillips for Bourne. How'd that one shake out? I don't want to talk about it. All right, we're moving on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's uh the fact I, that you Kyle were Phillips able, is Kyle Phillips is is the goat right now. That is the accountant 2.0, aka Hunter Renfro 2.0. He is a dynamic route runner, and you can see it in a lot of the videos that the Titans and the beat writers are are posting. And the the thing that just blew my mind is the fact that you actually got a pick upgrade along with Kendrick Bourne in the process that, yeah, that, that just actually just, that just shook shook me out of my boots man I'll tell you it was the easiest trade I've ever been a part of I sent the trade I sent the follow-up text hey send you a trade 30 seconds later accepted he was happy I was happy league was upset you were upset 
I wasn't upset. I just think that Joey is just he's just he's, not, your, he's your arch rival. He's not even my arch rival. I just feel bad for the guy, really. Goodness gracious. All right, let's move on. Uh this this trade did get people upset. I was involved as well. I moved Daniel Jones, aka Danny Dimes, and Kennedy Brooks, the UDFA out of Oklahoma for the Philadelphia Eagles to a big Eagles fan in return for Ryan Tannehill. So it was a two for one. It was Jones, Kennedy Brooks for Tannehill. We play Dynasty Superflex. Why was everyone so upset? You know why. It's because Eric Rosie- I mean, on, on paper, he got a he got a lottery ticket at running back. And yeah. he got nine years younger at quarterback. So why did it get such a visceral reaction? I think it got a visceral reaction just because of who the trade was between. That's really it. I think that's why. That's but why. If you take that away and you look at it in a vacuum, and when Kennedy Brooks makes the team and is the RB1. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. All right, moving on. Um <laughs> This was no, a, it, it, I, I told you, I told you it was a fair trade. I told you at the end that it was I, in the midst of all that. I mean, I a lot. I, I will trade. concede. Tannehill has a very firm grip on job security. And I would say Danny Dimes to the fantasy community. It's tenuous. Everything from the people in charge there is is unilater- unilaterally in favor of Daniel Jones. But it's just our. It's our community that is distrustful of coach speak. So we're leaning that you got to see it in order to believe it. So, but if, if both guys do have a firm grip on the job, then dimes has more upside just with his legs and his youth. But it's the unknown that I think personally that I think um, drove people to voice their opinion. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. This next one between Jay and Noah. Noah trading a lot lately. Good for him. He moved two young guys. He moved Jalen Tolbert, and he moved, this is Noah, moved Jalen Tolbert and Isaiah Spiller. He received Michael Carter. He is the Brees owner, and he received Christian Kirk. I, I mean, I, I like the Noah side. I love the Noah side. I like the Noah side a lot. I like Kirk, and I like Carter to be a usable flex, quite honestly. And I don't know what's up with Spiller. He... Bombed at the combine. He got into a great situation. He can't beat out Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly. I really don't understand what's going on with this player. And then Jalen Tolbert, I don't know, third-round rookie, getting a lot of hype in camp. We'll see. But, I mean, trading that for Christian Kirk, I like it. I like it, too, especially once Michael Gallup's back healthy. I feel like Tolbert is just going to be non-existent. He he might still be there, but I think that Gallup steps back in and, and really takes over that wide receiver two role for that Cowboys offense since there's a lot of trust there between him and Dak. So that one you're giving Noah a clear W? Yeah, I'm giving Noah a clear W. I already told you right off the bat that I don't really like Spiller. I don't think that he is a great running back. And since Eckler's there, I doubt he gets any sort of, you know, play. And then he can't even beat out those other two guys, so... Yeah, that one I think we need more information on, but I, I, I'd, I'd concede definitely on the surface it looks like advantage Noah. We'll have to see how things play out, but but out of the gates, you know, Noah's got a couple lengths lead on that trade. Yep. All right, we're almost at the end. Um, this one just got a couple laughs. It was another one that I was involved in. I moved that fourth-round pick that I got from the Kyle Phillips upgrade 
and Zach Moss, and I went and got a third round pick. So a one round upgrade in Zach Moss for a twenty twenty three third. Yeah, that's fine. You just you, you couldn't believe that someone bought Zach Moss for a third round pick. Yeah, it's all right. All right, maybe he'll that, be good. Maybe he'll be good, man. I don't know. I mean, you like you said, he'll have his spike weeks. I just couldn't believe it because you sent me that same exact trade earlier in the day, and I didn't even I did. get a thought. I just said no. Auto. So that's why I was taken back from it. I was like, wow, somebody actually bid on it. <laughs> All right, last one went down today prior to hitting record. Big one. You're talking about getting elite assets, stocking up those 2023 first, maybe flipping them for an elite asset. That's what you went out and you did today. You traded Chase Edmonds, Cortland Sutton, and one of those 2023 first you got. Uh, you got a 2023 second in return, so that's nice. It only dropped around, and you got A.J. Brown in return for Edmonds Sutton in that first. Yep. I love I'm it. Not even, and Jarvis Landry. Maybe you count Jarvis Landry. Maybe he's something. I'm discounting him. But you do have Winston, so maybe you've been following the Saints pass catchers more than me. But, yeah, what, what do you think? I love it, man. I think that I... You know, I didn't really lose too much draft capital in that trade because I think that that trade, that first round that I gave up was going to be very late in the first round. And I got the guy that I've wanted this whole offseason. The A.J. Brown hype train is real. I think that he's going to be a phenomenal wide receiver on that Philadelphia Eagles team. They brought him in for a reason. They're going to force feed him. They're getting the ball in his hands no matter the situation. And you know what? I really do like chase Edmonds this year i think that he could be a very good running back but there's so many other running backs in that backfield mike Mc, uh, mcdaniels knows how to you know deploy a decent amount of running backs plus they have tyree coming out of the backfield so he was just kind of questionable for me at this point the one that the one thing that i think might go against me is is the Cortland sutton trade because Cortland sutton could be an absolute beast this year he might be a top 15 wide receiver by when it's all said and done i don't know if that's true because he had such a bad year last year but historically russell wilson carries at least one wide receiver to pretty strong finishes each season but i took the elite asset and i just said why not why not i have a pretty decent surplus of running backs so it wasn't like it was going to hurt me at that position so i just said let's do it that's it i was very intrigued by the trade i thought for Noah, who is trying to feel the lineup of 130-plus points weekly average projection, it was a move in the right direction. He gets yeah, me too. Two guys who project for double-digit points every week for you know a really good wide receiver on paper, yet to be determined how that actually works once the rubber meets the road in Philadelphia. If Jalen Hurts takes a step forward as a passer, he kind of got a 2023 as I don't know, call it insurance in case things go sideways with Sutton and, and Edmonds. He's like, okay, well, I at least got a first to salvage the the trade. And then you got you know the the asset that you wanted with with the first, right? Your plan was to flip it for better players. Uh, yeah, than, I was either I wanted either I wanted either CD or AJ Brown, and I talked to uh, Liam, who is the CD owner, and he just basically said, I'm not trading CD at all. So I went to the, you know, next best thing, maybe even the be- maybe even the better thing when it's all said and done. Yeah, who knows how it plays out. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up the trades. I just checked. We don't got any breaking trades to break down, but that was that was a flurry after we went through about a month drought where there was just little trickles of trades and then we've just had 
don't know how many we broke down, eight to ten over the past, uh, you know, week plus since we last recorded. Yeah, you're right. It's been fun. It's going to pick up, too, as we get closer. And so back off to the announcement at the top of the show, our trading tiers are now live on the website, updated through August with the last few minutes here. Let's walk through, Turtles, some of the risers and the fallers from this refresh. I'll start with some risers here, and you can just briefly comment on them. I'll comment on them. Michael Pittman Rose, we had him previously rated as um, one first. He bumped up a category into the one plus first category. So 2023 first isn't going to fetch you Pittman. You're going to have to come with a little bit more, whether that's an additional pick like a second or an additional replacement player. But certainly Pittman and the hype around him, the connection he has with Ryan, it seems that folks are, and with the youth, people are going to hold on to Pittman rather than having a 2023 first at this point. What's your view? All I could say is the breakfast club, man. Those guys be getting breakfast every single morning together. I'm sure they're still doing it, Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman. So I think that, I think it's perfectly okay to add a little bit more onto his price tag. He's going to be a very good player. He's really the only proven wide receiver that they have on the team i mean they have now alec pierce and they have your boy paris campbell but i think it's going to be the Pittman show this year and i think that that team's going to pass a lot more than they did last year since they have a very pass happy quarterback sure so i'm 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 okay with that so you like that yeah yeah i like that i don't know if i would trade more i don't know if i would give up more than a first for Pittman. maybe if that that's not true i would probably give up a 2023 first for Pittman, but probably not plus. It would probably just be a 2023 first for him, personally. It depends personally. who you got. If they ask for, hey, give me this replacement wide receiver. Yeah, like Pringle. Well, no, not Pringle, but a guy who maybe has like a eight and a half point average projection, whether that's yep. Landry or someone to tear up from Landry. Like, you do it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'd do, it. do I'd it. do it. I'd do it. I would like to see Pittman in action first, but I, I, you're right. I, I would do it. I'm so another guy... With the wide receivers, yeah, you are very liberal. Um, with the wide receivers we had previously unranked because we were waiting to see if anything happened, if he was going to appeal the suspension. We didn't have him ranked. DeAndre Hopkins, it looks like the six games is going to stay. We have him as a first round, one first. Uh, that might be higher than the market, but that was just us saying, yeah, he might be old, but this guy is very talented. He's got a great young QB, and quite frankly, he probably has – two to three years in the tank. It's not just this season. So we got him as a first. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Turtle. We, 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 that's what we're recommending. Yeah, I think it's perfectly okay. I mean, that's a hell of a talent, DeAndre Hopkins, to, to be able to fetch um, onto your roster. So Damian Pierce, another big riser for us. Now, we're not crazy to put him in the one first category, but he rose all the way up to be the, worth two seconds. So he's in the two second round pick category. He was at the one second before. That's the only category below being worth a first round pick. He's had a good preseason. He's got, you know, good beat reports coming out of uh, camp in Houston. But, I mean, he's not a first yet. But he's he, the arrow seems to be pointing up in terms of skill versus his uh, backfield mates. Yeah, he looked very, very. Uh, he looked like he's an aggressive runner in the in the couple of videos I saw on him um, during the first preseason game. 
I mean, it is the Houston Texans, and you know they're not going to be a great team this year, but I think they have a little bit more juice than you know what meets the eye. They they could be a six, maybe six six win team. I probably wouldn't go above six wins, but yeah. they could be decent. Okay. Here's a tr- here's a trio of wide receivers who also found themselves rising: Adam Thielen, Romeo Dubes, and Isaiah McKenzie. All arrows pointing up in terms of trade value. Do you like any of those guys? Look at Isaiah McKenzie's projections on Sleeper now. I don't know if you guys all remember what they were a few months ago, but they're Des- nowhere. Decimal points. Yeah, they were nowhere near what they are now. I mean, he's in the nine. He's in the nine points per game range. He's approaching um, the Edmonds line. He is approaching the Edmonds line. I mean, I think that could all change very quickly depending on how he uh, plays because they do have Crowder, and Crowder is a proven slot guy. But as of right now, that's his spot to lose. All right. So let's move on to the followers. Honestly, the followers are kind of more interesting to talk about. Again, DynastyDrama.com. Go to the tiers section, and you can comb through everything and, and see the risers, uh, more risers and stuff for yourself. The followers here, let's start off at the very tippity top, Josh Allen. And it's not a knock on him. It's just the because... You know, 2022 picks are generally off the table. Those rookie drafts have happened. 2023 picks are, are, are the next ones up. And those are carrying more value in people's minds. So we've totally removed the five first round category and basically bumped Allen down into the four first category where he stands alone with Herbert and Mahomes all in that category. And everyone who was in the fourth round category who was not Herbert and Mahomes were bumped down a category as well. So there was just a crunch at the top because talking about five first or four first or three first for 2023, it carries such massive, massive value in fantasy owners' minds. So we we had a correction at the top of the market now that the 2022s are off the table, Mm. right? With that said, there was also a big depression in the tight end market. Basically, anyone not named Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews fell. I mean, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, all, all those guys fell you know, all the way to be worth one first-round pick or, or less. I mean, personally, Hawkinson fell out of the first-round category. Really, Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller uh, make up the, the worth one first. And then after that, I mean, I'm not paying a, a, a 2023 first for a Goddard or a Hawkinson. Are you? I'm not, no, no, no. There's no, no, no way. There's no way I'm paying a 2023 first. So, so there's a big correction in the tight end market. We, we suggest you guys look at that. Cooper Cup and Austin Eckler, you know, they got bumped down. They're aging, so they got bumped down just a little bit, but uh, they're going down as well. Deshaun Watson took a massive drop. Um, we got him ranked as, ranked as worth one 2023 first. I think He's someone not, would be happy to take a one twenty twenty three first for Deshaun Watson, yeah. especially if they're competing right now. They'd be ecstatic. Yeah. And maybe the the Watson owner can can get a twenty twenty three first and a, and a uh, actual good quarterback who's in a yeah. different tier. But right now he doesn't help you. And the film that he put on in week one was atrocious. He looked atrocious. completely lost. He was rusty AF. He is not gonna help you this year. So. Yeah. You're paying for a guy who's going to help you next year. That's basically, you might as well assume he's got an ACL injury because he's not helping you this year. Are you going to, you're not going to really feel confident playing him. So his value, at, at, with that said, this is probably 
the bottom of his value. 120, 23 first is probably the absolute bottom of the drop. And it's only up as every week goes by and the suspension ticks away and he gets closer to returning, the value is going to increase and increase and increase. So if you want to make a move for Watson, this is your last chance to do it for something as cheap as a, as a first. Yeah. Two more guys on the list. We had Traylon Burks. He was in the one in the one plus first category because he was a first round pick in 2022. You're not going to turn around and sell him for less than a first. Uh, it's just moving laterally. So he was in the one plus first, but we've dropped him back down to just one first because I think right now with how reports are going, some managers would be happy to, you know, parachute out of the Traylon Burks experience and just take a 2023 first if someone's willing to offer that for him. Yeah, you're right. And I think that he honestly is the one guy that could uh, turn that around very quickly and shoot up in value, but we have to see it first. Mm-hmm. Last one. And and how sad is this to talk about, Turtle? So sad. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Talk about dropping like a rock. We had him at the two first round pick categories because he had everything going for him this offseason. McKissick was going to leave. He was going to have the full workhorse role, back-to-back top 12 finishers his rookie and sophomore season, 1,000-yard rusher for the first time. It's He played hurt. It's all the way up from here. No, it's just gone. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for Antonio Gibson. He has tumbled all the way down to being worth, no, not even one twenty twenty three first. He's in the two second round pick category. Turtle, I think that's justified. I don't think you'll find anyone out there willing to pay a 2023 first for Gibson. You know what's crazy? I offered Miles Sanders for uh, Gibson straight up the other day. And then I looked at it again, and I just said, oh, I'm not doing it. I, I, I withdrew the trade real quick. I rarely withdraw trades, but I, I just got too scared off because of uh, – I think that was the same day that they said he was literally out, you know, on the kick return or on the punt return team or doing something that just – he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. The guy is a superstar the past few years. He really was. Like, he was top – I think he was a top 15 back the, his first two years in the NFL. Crazy. It was, and now the wheels have completely come off yeah. of his dynasty value. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. He, he needs to go on a complete mission to recoup the value just to be worth a 2023 first. You think he and can he, do it or no? I don't think he can do it. Wow, sad. I don't think he can. Uh, I mean, if we were to spend a minute breaking down the Washington backfield situation, think about it. We need to assume health, right? So in the situation where the backs are healthy, McKissick's not going away. They signed him away from Buffalo to take the passing down work. So that's hurry up offense. That's the two minute drill offense. That's passing down breather work. That's all McKissick. Robinson comes in and let's say at a minimum is going to take the short yardage work. So that's that short yardage. That's like, okay, whatever. He'll, he'll take a pounding, you know, third and short need to rush it. Um, second and short, bring him in to, to, to pound it, get the first down. But a lot of those short opportunities are near the goal line. Very high leverage, very valuable touches. Those are going seemingly on paper going away, which leaves Gibson as a between-the-20s guy and not even the passing down work between the 20s. I mean, you're not going to pay a first for that. No. yeah, that You wouldn't pay a first for James White, even in his prime. It's so sad. And that, that's, that- the, that, that's what the ceiling sounds like. It does, and that's why it's super frustrating that 
Rivera hasn't moved him to the slot to just play the slot because that's what he did in college. Like he wasn't he always needs, a running back. So. I know he needs to, and he's fumbling turtle. He's no, he's fumbling. I, I get it. He's fumbling. So that's, he, I mean, maybe he wouldn't fumble as much. Maybe he's getting, maybe he's fumbling once he's busting up through the hole. So if he's playing the slot, maybe he has some more, you know, wide open spaces where he's not going to be running through three different people at the same time. It's uh, just been such a sad and cataclysmic fall for him, and it's happened so fast. And he's so young. That's the sketchiest part. It has just evaporated before our very eyes. His value. Poor Gibby. Poor Gibby. I hope he proves us wrong. I like that guy. I really do. All right, Turtle. Any other riser or fallers you wanted to point out? No, just the one quarterback that we spoke about, uh, Trey Lance. I think that the world is his oyster right now. And if he can perform well, he'll be fine. And then your your boy, I feel like Jahan Dotson is going to be just an absolute baller this year. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. A lot lot of arrows pointing up with uh, with old Jahan. And certainly, as soon as Jimmy G is shipped out or cut, the very last thread that the anti-Lance truthers are holding on to will go away. And then it's just, He's got all the rope in the world. I mean, they're not going to go trot, trot out the backups. They're going to let Lance, you know, fall on his face at worst and just say, oh, that's growing pain. So he's, yep. he's going to be out there. He'll be out there. And then the other one last guy is just uh, Kadarius Tony. man. I don't know what's going on with that guy. If, he's, if he can't stay healthy, it's just a damn shame for the Giants because if he is healthy, I think he can be an absolute electric player. Yeah, it's interesting, right? The the guy can't seem to stay off the trainer's table. But it's weird, right? The when I when you look at uh underdog and other best ball sites where where people in the offseason are paying money, he's not falling. He's still the first uh Giants wide receiver off the board. Uh, yes. none of these news reports have kind of shaken the betting public. I'll tell you as a Tony truther and owner I agree. He's got all the makings to be absolutely electric, to be one of one in terms of the way he moves with the ball in his hand, especially in open space. Yes. You just got to hope he had the little knee surgery and he, uh, whatever, he he tweaked something. I don't think it came out today. It wasn't the knee that was actually bothering him the past week, but it was, you know, some other leg muscle. Those things tend to happen. You have a surgery, you can't work the knee, the muscles around it start to get weak and something tweaks. That that's not that's basically textbook. Um so as long as it wasn't a major tear and it's a tweak that he can get over, he need he needs to take care of his body. With his money, his first round draft pick signing bonus, I'd get a nutritionist, I'd get a trainer, I'd get, you know, a male massage therapist just so we don't have any Watson crossover. Yeah. And I'd take I, I treat my body as a temple because he needs to find a way to stay off the table and on the field, or he's going to find himself, you know, with very, very frustrated coaches in real life and very frustrated fantasy owners in, uh, in the fake life. Makes sense. Good, good breakdown there, but you know, um, all right, so let's get out of here. Turtle. Uh, we'll keep it under an hour today. We'll come back with um, some week two preseason breakdowns on our on our next call, or or week two and week three, depending on when we record. And uh, then we'll be very very close to the regular season. Exciting times! Absolutely. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.